with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Hey! Here we go. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. How about how about Will over here on the Murray West uh, live thread? Congrats to Portland State. Y'all didn't think you'd hear that start hour number two, did you? Congrats to Portland State. They got blown out by Oregon 81-7 to in week one. And they picked up their first win of the season. They beat North American... 91 to nothing <laughs> this weekend. So <clears throat> you talk about a yeah, you, you talk about a swift turnaround for them. Uh here on the uh, country pleasing text line, we do have some level-headed people on the country pleasing text line. And I think I probably need to hear this too. Be reminded of this too. Unnamed texture said, um you said it. If they turn in another performance like that, probably going to lose. It says, we're better than that. We're going to, than what we put on the field Saturday. So I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet. On the other side, LSU will have a hard time replicating that as well. 88% completion rate, crazy numbers. They had a great day. We had a bad day. It happens. <laughs> End of text. Uh, Mike in Batesville texts the show. What's up, Mike? He said the 1997 team went seven and four, went to Georgia, got destroyed, 47 to nothing. 1998, pretty good team. That's right, won the Western Division that year. Went to LSU and got uh, whipped, 41 to six. He said all the chicken littles need to calm down. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. Jeremy texted the show and said, Matt. I remember during the preseason that Coach Arnett talked about the team doing so well. They cut a couple of practices short. Maybe that wasn't a good move for the new coaching staff. Well, and Jeremy, I don't know about that. I mean, coaches, they've been around a long time, you know. These last three years, that nine-win team last year, we forget. I mean, Coach Arnett's coordinating the defense. He knows what he's looking at, you know. And Coach Arnett, to a fault is just openly honest in these comments. He just he doesn't hesitate to just say exactly how he feels and thinks. And a lot of coaches are guarded because people will if you lose a game, people will take what you say and use it against you. He didn't seem to care about that. He just lets it rip. Uh unnamed texter said Matt. <laughs> Matt, you are the new offensive coordinator at state. What would you do to salvage the Titanic? This Titanic. I mean, it's not the Titanic, okay? That's <laughs> not where we are. Um, you know, I mean, like, what would you do? It's really not my place to sit here and say, well, I would do this, because then the connotation is, well, if they don't do that, then I disagree with it, you know? I mean, we we, we should probably always preface stuff like that with, yeah, the, the the I know a little bit of X's and O's. Well, the current coaches have forgotten more X's and O stuff than than I probably know, you know. And they they know what they're doing, and they know how to approach things. And sure, they make mistakes. They're humans, and also 
you're dealing with human performance and not robots, and sometimes you can make all the right decisions, and one little thing breaks down, and it causes a domino effect, and it looks really bad, you know, and you learn those things the hard way. You know, you learn how to kind of coach against your mistakes, but I know one thing. I'm really confident that your two best weapons on offense right now, your most consistent ones, and your best threats are Woody Marks and Tulu Griffin. You know, you're they're they're way down the road on the on the offensive scheme change and you know incorporating tight ends and sort of a different philosophy. There's no such thing as you know sidestepping that or reversing that. That's that's where it's going. That's what it's going to be. Period. End of story. There's no point in discussing you know scheme stuff. It's really just within that. And I look at it and go. The thing that any offense has to do is you do have to learn, okay, who are we? What do we do well? What can we consistently do well and replicate? And then just go and replicate that and depend on our ability. And if they whip us from an ability standpoint, at least I was in the right place. What you can't do is go out and continue you know, trying to do things that you've got guys going the wrong direction and, you're not on the same page and all that kind of stuff. So mental errors, right, or assignment errors. If you're having a rash of those, you're, you're actually a lot better off with a small package of things that you know how to do and you're not going to get assignment errors and just roll with that and live with the consequences. Then you are trying to do a lot of things that produce a lot of assignment errors. And coaches are paid to figure out where's that sweet spot right here. Because I expect these guys to study and know what to do, but there comes a certain point where we got to realize they don't know how to do this. They can't do it. <laughs> and you eliminate that from what you're trying to do. And I know I'm beating around the bush right there, but I just – I came away the other day. Of, you know, That's a really good team, a really high upper echelon team in college football. Last year's West champion. This year they're a little bit better team even, I think. State, you could see – they're kind of in a position against those types of defense where that offense must, if that's what you're going to do, that offense must go through Woody Marks. It must. And 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 Tulu. That's that's who it's got to go through. And it looks pretty clear to me. What do you think? See, I thought we were going to come in here this hour and, and you know, talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> Dak and the Cowboys, they look good, huh? Well, so they played two teams from New York and they, they beat them combined 70 to 10. They shut out the Giants last week. The Giants went and had that massive comeback yesterday in Arizona. I don't know if you saw that or not. I really, I really enjoy watching the NFL football on Sundays. You get to watch the Saints tonight. Hey, Beaver, real quick. Where's my man Beaver at? Will you go watch the Saints play with Saints bro on a Monday night, or is that just a weekend thing? No, no Mondays. Okay. They're in the week. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty difficult to get me out of the house once I'm home. Yeah, I got you. Makes sense after a work day. Yeah, I got you. Well, I'll be watching. <laughs> All right, um, 
Here's a text and we'll hit the uh, phone line. Possum Neck Joe. He's on the all-name team, by the way. <laughs> Possum Neck Joe says, Oh my gosh, I'm so sick of hearing system. He says football is the system. It's blocking, tackling, running the ball, throwing the ball, and catching the ball. The system didn't cause Will Rogers to throw it in the ground or defensive backs get smoked by receivers. Yeah. Um, also, Sven on the Murray West live thread, he commented and said, what I don't get, Coach Brock left this poor safety alone with neighbors the entire game. Talking about Hunter, uh, tra- uh, Travis Hunter? No, not Travis Hunter. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, his first name is not Travis. Uh, Hunter Washington, 21, Hunter Washington, the Florida State transfer. I know once, but I think twice, right, he was in the matchup one-on-one with neighbors and got beat and see Washington had been banged up a little bit. So that's one where, like, LSU, they dialed it up, and they're like, we're going we're gonna to get him matched up on any safety, and when we do, we're taking it. And, boy, did they ever take it. Uh, Jimmy commented to him and said, Sven, the adjustment is get pressure. And, you know, Jimmy, you're right. He says they're expecting pressure in those cases where the safety is manned up. We just couldn't get pressure on the QB. And some of that is true because, you know, you'd love to get pressure with, you know, your front. And in some cases, in a, in a nickel package, that's only three guys who are front guys, right? Like 2D tackles in and in, like Pickering at nose, Cromedy on one side, Russell on the other, and whoever's subbing in. You'd love to get pressure with those, and they're just blocking with five. But you consistently can't. You got a mobile quarterback, want to contain a little better also, so you get more people involved. A linebacker, sometimes two linebackers. Now we're bringing five and trying to get pressure, right? Well, that takes people out of your coverage and forces people that are in a little bit more of a, like a matching up man to man down the field some. And so if those four or five aren't getting pressure, now they're out of the coverage. They blocked them up. That's the checkers game. And here we go throwing it up to the one-on-one matchup, and the quarterback was really accurate with the ball. And that's why you know, they were 9 of 16 on third down in the game. They had eight, so half of their, well, yeah, half of their third down opportunities were in the medium range, third down and five, six, seven, or eight yards. Okay? And several times in there, in those medium down and distance third downs, they were converting them. And you're going, they complete it to under to an underneath route, either to a back or a crossing route, and there's nobody in underneath coverage. You go, and I was looking at it during the game going, it's frustrating because they need eight yards or seven yards for a first down, and your zone coverage has actually dropped beyond where the marker is and has opened up that underneath. So if you get the completion, then he's just he's at the first down stick or just past it. Well, Part of the reason for that is you were having to use linebackers to try to affect the quarterback. You could not get a three-man, four-man rush. It took more than that, and by using more, it takes them out of your underneath coverage, and there's less bodies out there, and, and you're dropping a little bit more than you should just because defensively you don't want to give up home run plays. You're, you're trying to stop them from making third and seven. You don't want to give up 37. See what I mean? And so it's these numbers games that, to Jimmy's point, so much of it is started with cover, with with pressure. Coverage goes as pressure goes so often. And the inverse was true for State. If you watch that, 
they didn't necessarily have to get a lot of people involved in all kinds of blitz and stuff to affect the pocket, close the pocket, collapse it, and, and affect the quarterback. And you still got all those bodies running around in coverage, and you get more incompletes. It's a team game no matter what anybody says. All right, phone calls to start off hour two. Let's hit some of those on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Mark calling in on line one. What's up, Mark? Hey, man. Just wanted to run back through some history of state football and see what you think about this because I, I wish they'd improved on the air raid that was successful. But state in the early 70s, they, they won. Uh, they got put on probation. In the early 80s, they won because they had a guy, Emory Ballard, who came in and he had a system that he came up with himself. Oh, and Jackie Sherr was there. He did the junior college thing, got junior college people in. And then, as you know, in, in 99, you had the best defense in the country. You didn't have to score a whole lot of points. Okay, and then Dan Mullen uh, came up with the running quarterback, and it worked. Okay, so now State hires Mike Leach, comes up with a unique format. People didn't think it would work. It did. It was successful. So I think in order for State to be successful, they've got to be unique. You can't just do the same kind of football Alabama's doing because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Everybody is going to be copying what Alabama does, too. State needs to be unique. And as far as I'm concerned, I think the best thing they could have done, and this may have something to do with the athletic director and choosing a coach, I would have found that out before I hired a coach, is what type of team do you want? Uh, and, you know, if you, you know that something is working and been successful, if they would have recruited it, uh, at a higher level uh, great receivers, uh, maybe you have somebody catch a ball. They lost last Saturday due to poor defense. Uh, not going to beat a lot of people and give up 41 points, as you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to see what your thoughts were on that. It's just uh, a situation where Mississippi State in the position they're in, and then next year it's going to even get tougher. With, at least they, they don't play Alabama now that Alabama's – not quite as good as they used to be. They go off state schedule, so it's <laughs> just a, just a look sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, it's going to even be tougher. And with the, I, I'm just really worried too, Matt, that State and Ole Miss, how are they going to collect the money to pay players as much as LSU and uh, you know even Auburn and Alabama and Georgia? Yeah. It's, all these states are bigger. And I, I think it's a that's a very tough situation to be in. So they've got to come up with something that's unique and that's going to work. And I think if they do that, they're going to have a fighting chance to beat some SEC teams, and that's what they need to do. But we'll see. Uh, Mark, I really do appreciate I, the call. I think yeah. going away from the air raid is a, is, a, is a mistake because it's a unique format. And, you know, if you recruit that, I don't know how. Mark, thanks for the call. Really do appreciate it. Um, it's good to hear your voice, too. Mark, I always enjoy hearing from you. I, um, I'll i say this. You know, when Coach Arnett uh, was hired and he made the um, decision, you know, to break up that offensive staff that was there under Coach Leach and 
and go do something different. You know, I really did feel like then, and I, and I still do, uh, you know, it's a coach's prerogative when you get that opportunity. We, you know, we see it from our perspective, but see, he sees it from his, a career perspective of working and doing jobs and coaching on one side of the ball and working your way up through. And then you, and it is a very unfortunate circumstance, but there you are in the position now to be the head coach. And, and I said then, I do believe, you know, a guy like Mike Leach would probably tell any young coach, hey, you got to run, you got to do it your way. I mean, if anybody did it his way, it was Coach Leach, and that is true. But, Mark, I agree with you. And I said it then, too, when we were going through that transition into the air raid deal, that what I liked about it was that in some cases it was going to give you an opportunity to do something you've never done, which is be, uh, you know, that unique style of offense to be that one off that people have to think about and do something different to prepare for you during the course of their season. And every now and then the quarterback and the receivers and the offensive tackle and such were all going to align that gave you a chance to really be a high-powered offense that would, yes, give you a chance to maybe spring attack, <laughs> you know, surprise attack some of these great teams that load up on so many great players and always have and always will, especially now that you can openly just go out and buy players. Well, I agree with you that it's hard. I can't foresee it. I, Mark, I agree with you that I, I as well. Maybe it, you know, maybe I think like you. Maybe we're the problem. I don't know. But it's hard for me to envision a state program in this era just going out and throwing the money around to load your offensive roster to go out here and run what everybody else has run, just run it better than them. And and that air raid deal, and I know that we have to consider, too, that they weren't going to have the air raid play caller, which was Mike Leach. They weren't going to have that. God made that decision, I guess, you know. And But to... To break that staff completely up and just go, you know, away from it was a bold decision. And we've even talked about this, that that decision, if you got out here and it didn't all work out on offense, was going to bring about criticism, that decision. And so they've got some work to do, for sure, on the field to avoid that. Um, but I do agree with you. did like it because... You know, you you're gonna re, you're gonna out recruit on the line of scrimmage and at running back and at tight end and at quarterback these other schools now. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, Chris from Macon on line two. Thanks for calling back, Chris. What's up? You called for it, so I'm called back. Uh, <laughs> well, first thing is, 
congratulations to your chief yesterday. Man, a Mortis shot Chris in the arm. Mort does Chris Jones look like the most valuable player on that team. <laughs> he did yesterday, just about. Yep. The second thing is, is I, man, Matt, I'll tell you what, my Cowboys are impressive this year. Absolutely impressive. Like, Dak and just the defense, Michael Parsons just looks unstoppable. I and if he's you. not making the play, they're, they are making the plays just because of him. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I will say this, though. Thank you as an announcer for not doing what Brad Shem and Dave Laufenberg did last night. First thing is, Brad Shem starts saying, oh, Dak hasn't thrown a thrown a um, miss pass all night. <laughs> next thing you know, very next play. Hey. Incomplete. He threw it right to that guy, too, now. If that kid caught that ball, oh, yeah. he like he could have backpedaled into the – crawled into the end zone. There was nobody down there. Yeah. But also, too, then, then Babe Laufenberg's like, oh, well, you know, they've been scored on in two weeks in the very <laughs> next play, 68 yards. Like, what in the world? Be quiet. They talked him into so, it. Announcer's jinx. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, have a good day, man. <laughs> I'll remember that. Hey, I would be lying. I would be lying if I said that I don't think about that sometimes during the course of these games. I have learned to be hesitant to say things things like, he hadn't thrown an interception in three games, because guess what's about to happen? Saturday, I said, let me throw that pass interference flag. They're not picking that one up. By the time he goes, he waves the flag off. There is no pass interference on the play. Yep, we all do it. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Um. Here we go. Back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Will says on the Murray West live thread, A&M's gone out and bought a bunch of players. How's that work for Jimbo? He says at some point you have to coach too, and people act like players can't be developed. It's very true. It is a very different deal because of the ages and the developmental process and everything, isn't it, Will, than NFL free agency. But it's also different than the NFL free agency system because, you know, players don't have to wait. They can just go whenever. Like, there's no contracts, right? So they, so it's just different, right? But but your point is true. We've seen it in pro sports. Just because you spend the most money at certain places doesn't mean you win it every year. Um, so, you know, we've seen that as well. Thanks for that comment on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com, contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, in New Albany since 1996. Custom apparel, whatever it is you need. If you need your logo or insignia on anything, shirts, hats, whatever, jackets, promotional items. I was in there one day, and uh, I saw that they were putting something on a golf bag. And uh, so the reason I recommend them, they do the best job of all that stuff, and they're wonderful people as well, and you can find them online at murraywest.com, M-U-R-R-Y, 
Midwest.com. Like I said, they're in New Albany. Same place as High Point Roasters. Go to highpointroasters.com, get some hot coffee like I'm drinking right now, and I'm going to sip on this while I hear what Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, has to say on the Divini Equipment phone line. Jason, thanks for calling. What's up? Nothing, Mike. Um, I think uh, um, a big part of, of this is that a whole lot of people, um, as Beaver put it so eloquently, um, fooled themselves into thinking that this transition was going to be easy. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of like I told him, I expected it to be bad for the first month and I think I told y'all that that you might as well you know be struggling in, in games you weren't going to win anyway <laughs> um but I and it's worse it's a lot worse than I expected but it's still really early to be you know throwing in the towel completely there there's still plenty of time to fill each other out the coaches to get stuff that these players can do in there and sure sure it is you know if you look up in another at the end of the month, and it's no better, then you got a real problem. But there's there's plenty of time here to figure some things out. Well, and and what's right in front of you? You know, going to South Carolina is not an easy trip, sure. And it's an unfamiliar opponent and all that kind of stuff. And for these players who've never played at South Carolina, they may not understand what they're walking into, but that's a tough environment. But d- their defense is – it ain't like playing LSU's defense. I got news for you. Yeah. And it ain't like playing, you know, Georgia's defense like you played last year. Yeah. Sure, South Carolina can beat them, Jason, but State also has yeah. the capability athletically to get out there and compete with South Carolina if they execute some stuff, right? So there's some reasons to be yeah. – like you say, I mean – you, you just they have no choice, do they? But they, they have to figure it out and win a few games and make something positive out of this. And he, and and it sounds like we're you know, they're two and one, right? <laughs> yeah. They're two and one and just got blown out. So we we you know, and have to be careful. There's one more thing that you mentioned earlier in the show about L S U the last two years. And I I think we're also not giving Brian Kelly enough credit for getting LSU to be what LSU should be. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they they're except for the time Saban was there, they were not you know what LSU should be on paper. Yeah. For most of the last twenty years. Yeah. That's a really good point. Well and I tell you man, that they were they were a fireball on both lines of scrimmage the other day. Um, and physical, <laughs> and, and Jason, I had I did say it, and you know it happens. You play defense; it's going to happen. But I said, "Welcome to SEC football." Isaac Smith, they got a really good one at safety, but boy, did he ever get the shoulder lowered on him on the sideline <laughs> over there! Whew. It's a little bit. All right, well, I'll hang up. Listen. All right, appreciate the Bye-bye. call. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's go to line two where Winslow is hanging on. Thanks for calling, Winslow. What's up? Hey, uh, Matt, uh, a lot of my thoughts uh, are like uh, Jason's because uh, I think people did underestimate, you know, the, the learning curve and the degree of difficulty that 
that we were going to run into. We kind of bristled when a lot of the media, you know, used that that lack of experience to to pick a, a low record. But something I think is worth pointing out on Saturday, uh, Arnett coached his fourth game as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly coached his 402nd game as a head coach. <laughs> So you're dealing with, a, a, you know, one of them, let them start with a four, but there's a, there's a couple of digits after Brian Kelly, you know, that it makes a lot of difference. The, probably the best thing, and, and I understand how people feel. I, I used to lose my cool with Emory Ballard like nobody else. <laughs> but, you know, over the years, you kind of learn to let things play out, and, and you develop the patience to let things play out because mm-hmm. – you realize there's not a whole lot that you can do about it. Sure, that's right. You know, that's right. The, I think one thing, and maybe this is the reason why a lot of people were optimistic, is that you've got such a veteran team, mm-hmm. and that's the point of optimism because when you've got experienced players on the team, they tend to hold things together a little better because they've been through the wars, yeah, and yeah. they've they've had all kinds of stuff happen to them, and so, you know, I. I I, I don't think there's anything else we can do right now except let these guys do their business or, or go about their job. And if it doesn't work at, at some point in time, business will take place, as I refer to it. You know? <laughs> but I, I don't think it's going to take place right now. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is kind of off in left field, did you notice the, the, the sideline camera cart that ESPN had on, on the Saturday? I didn't notice it, no. Well, it's a little different. You know, normally they've got a guy up there, and he's standing on a platform, and there's a guardrail around him and everything. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a safety harness on. They had this seat literally suspended out in the air, held in the air by, like, what looked like metal rods about an inch thick, you know, with, with a little pivot joint in the middle. And this guy strapped into the seat, but there's nothing else. And, you know, I kept expecting some kind of OSHA incident to happen. You yeah. Know, that, you know, the guy literally, the, 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 the little arm that's holding him up just literally cracks or something, you know, because yeah. it looked like heavy rebar was about all it was. Yeah, but that was interesting. I haven't seen that equipment come in, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it's been approved and everything, but, but you're, you're kind of in suspense. You, you keep looking at it thinking, okay, it's going to break any meeting. <laughs> but, I didn't notice but it. But the guy, you know, it's an interesting little thing, and he pivots himself around. He's, he's mm. strapped in, and, and the whole seat is just sort of on a little swivel joint, and he moves his feet and pushes him around himself around to get all the, the shots that they want. But that happens right there in front of me, so it was, you know, at, at some point in the game, I started watching the camera guy more than I, I probably watched some <laughs> of the plays on the field. Sounds you know? to me like so, it's one of those deals, too, that if a thunderstorm blows up, he's getting down from there real quick, I would imagine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There was some little lever down there at his foot, and I kept thinking, okay, that's that's the release uh-huh. thing. You know, handle right there. You know, yeah, yeah. like get me down off this thing. You know, <laughs> right? That's good. But anyway, yeah, Matt. Look, four gets four hundred and two. It, it makes a, a big difference, especially when you've got talent to go with it. But yes, you know, I'm, I'm going to have faith in, in a lot of these seniors. You know, the older guys to hold the team together and you know, and, and let the guys do their job. Appreciate the call, Winslow. Thanks very much. That is a significant difference too, and and. So you've got you do you have a first year head coach in Arnett, 
you have a first-year defensive coordinator in Matt Brock, and now he's but he is you do have the advantage you're teamed up with Arnett. But Brock's a first-year defensive coordinator, you know, not only for you, but this is first year to be a defensive coordinator. You have a first-year Power Five offensive coordinator um, because Barbet came from App State. So that's FBS, but that's not in the Power Five. It's a little different. Um, and so it's first-year head coach, first-year OC, first-year DC, and, and then offensive staff as a whole their first year to work together. So we probably did underestimate a lot of this, um, and maybe that's just what the situation called for. But, um, you know, that's where it is. Unnamed Texter says, no, I'm sorry, this is Tony. Tony in Vicksburg says, seeing how our offense has played out in the first three games in retrospect, he says it would have been better for Will Rogers and State had he transferred to an air raid type program and for Arnett to find a mobile passer. He says, if you think back to 2020, Leach played this card with Garrett Schrader. He says, I feel sorry for Will. He deserves better. And, I, you know, that's the thing about it. We talked about that earlier in the show, and I said that it kind of feels like, you know, Will would be the first to probably tell anybody, hey, don't feel sorry for me. I don't, I don't want your pity and all that kind of stuff. But, um, they, Jason nailed it. You know, as a group and as an offense and as a team, they've just got to shut the doors and shut their ears and go to practice and gut it out and grit it out and go to South Carolina with a plan of things that they know they can execute and just try to go execute it better than the other guys and start building on that because that looks like where they are right now. All right. A little bit of time left today in the Bureau. It's going fast. Stick around. Hi, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. A little bit of time left with you here on this Reaction Monday. It all went by really fast. I went to I mean, look up and go, well, good night. Two hours just went gone. But we do have some time left, thankfully, here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. And we'll head over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone, Judy, hanging on line one. Thanks for being patient. Judy, what's up? Hello, Judy. I don't think she can hear me. One more time. Judy! <laughs> Phone issues today. We'll get them fixed. All right. Back over to the text line, the country-pleasing text line. MSU 1980 sent me a picture of that cameraman on the swivel chair, and I can see now what Winslow was describing. And it looks a lot like a microphone arm. If you look at people who like maybe doing podcasts or interviews or in a radio studio like this one. It's kind of like one of those, it bolts down to the table and has this arm reaching up with a microphone on the end of it, can swing around. It's like a giant version of that uh, with hydraulics is what that looks like. I didn't notice it the other day from my uh, perspective, but appreciate you passing that along. All right, let's try the phone line again. Back over to the phone. On line one, state grad 98. Are you there? 
State grad 98. What is Mr. White? Hey, what's up? Um, you know, I've been kind of uh, concern, you know, concerned because I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember when uh, Coach Barbet said he was going to get his best 11 on the field. And, you know, we're three weeks in and we <laughs> the whole spring, the whole fall camp, and still can't decide who were five best offensive linemen on. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, I kind of find it, you know, so, well, we're trying to get them risk and everything. So when you run 50 plays in a game, how much rest does the offensive line need? Especially after, you know, you go in there, you get a three and out. Yeah. And, I don't know, to me, that just, I just don't understand that. You know, you're supposed to have two offensive line coaches. How can you not um, yeah. at least have a better idea of who it's going to be? Yeah, listen, and um, also, let me say on that, it, it is a catch-22. No, you know, rest for your offensive line is not an issue. Um you know they they and and honestly you only ran 50 plays by virtue of the fact that you couldn't get first downs which you know so that's sort of a catch 22 for sure um you know um I know you're talking about you know, the office line going another way I did um read you know Arnett's uh transcripts from his press conference today and encouragingly And they go out you know, you know, we're not players not putting us in a position to win. He said that includes all positions. So all the Will Rogers haters can uh can uh kind of smile saying, Hey, but you know, if he's not you know, if he's doing it like yeah. then hey, Mike Wright, you know, the stupid Yeah. State grad, thanks but for the call. The I hey, I appreciate the phone call a lot, very, very much. Got some others hanging on, and, and your signal kind of cut out. But I got the premise there. I think what if you didn't hear that state grab was saying that today in the uh, press conference that Arnett was um, saying that the you know they evaluate all the positions, every one of them. So that means if, if somebody wants to run in there and take a job, they've apparently got an opportunity. All right, let's flip it over to line three. Gator Greg hanging on. Gator Greg, thanks for calling. What's up? Uh, help me out a little bit, Mr. White, okay, uh, on, on your game plan. Let's talk about you and LSU. I, I think the first pass, Will hit, and then Mr. Marks, how many carries did he get for the ball game? Yeah, he got a grand total of eight carries, 75 yards, had the long run of 52. Okay, I, I'm not – you know football better than I do. I'm not a coordinator. But I just going back and even looking at LSU against Florida State, I'm just curious with your new coordinator, maybe more of a commitment to the run. I, I thought your defense hung in there. I just thought because they couldn't get much rhythm on my offense, they eventually wore down. And I, I'm going to ask, and I don't want to be sound dumb or anything, but if somebody runs past you, I'm talking about the defensive back, isn't it okay just to grab them? Because in college football, it's only 15 yards. It is. I don't care if I have five or six of them. Can, I don't know you don't encourage that, but just talk about that. Yeah. And then, okay, I'm still not a Napier fan, but anytime you can beat that team with the T on it and embarrass them, and you got to tell me if anything came down with the league on the fighting. That that was terrible. You take a knee, and then they want to take a cheap shot and hit somebody. I, Tennessee will lose, lose this week to UTSA. I'm guaranteeing that right now. Appreciate you, Mr. White, and you all going to get South Carolina. 
appreciate you and have a good day. Thanks. Appreciate it, Greg. Did y'all hear that? He just guaranteed a loss for Tennessee this week to UTSA. <laughs> and then he also said State was going to beat South Carolina. So it would be fine to see it correct on both accounts. Yeah, I would imagine there's a little bit of a coaching point there. And, and, it, and it already is. I mean, it's not like that's a stone that they leave unturned. But especially, you know, with certain matchups going forward, you know, where you go, hey, look, you know, certain situations in the game or – you know, a team is up already a touchdown and they're motioning and trying to get their best guy matched up on a safety and you tell him, hey, hold him. You know, if he puts a break on you, if you can get your hand on him, hold him. Or if you catch up and he's going for the ball and you hadn't caught up, swing out there and hit that arm. You know, we'll take the 15-yard penalty. That's why, like, there was one late in the fourth quarter against the Cameron Richardson last week against Arizona, and I felt like it was a good penalty. If he doesn't commit that penalty, they're going to catch it and at least step out of bounds for about a 35-yard play. If not, stay inbounds and get more. He gives up a 15-yard penalty because he held him coming out of the break. I know that's a good penalty right there. So you got a good point on that. Judy did text the show in the country, please, and text line and said, Matt, we got disconnected. Please say something about the horrible targeting call. Yeah, Judy... Uh, the targeting call on Sean Preston, I know that states, you know, like a lot of schools are going to appeal that with the league. The only thing in that whole play that, you know, might be construed as satisfying part of the targeting initiative was the fact that Preston, who's doing the tackling, lowered his head, which is really more dangerous for him than it is for the guy he's hitting. He lowered his head, right? So it's like the very top of his head had a chance to be going into the chest of the ball carrier, but he didn't launch at the head and neck. It wasn't a defenseless player. It was a tackle on the ball carrier, and he hits him in the middle of the sternum, like right in the middle, like right where his jersey number was. He hit him right there in the jersey number. And we're saying that that is targeting. And he's ejected from the game and going to miss the first half of the next one. The rule is asinine. I don't necessarily blame that officiating crew that's on the field because they are at the mercy of the review crew in Birmingham in that particular deal. And what I said was, <clears throat> in the, on the broadcast, a well-intentioned officiating crew, and I felt like that was two weeks in a row that we had a pretty evenly officiated ball game. But a well-intentioned officiating crew, if them trying to and interpreting the rule says that that's a play that should get a player ejected, then the rule is broken. But here's the thing. It has been for years. And they will not adjust it. And they won't change it. Because ultimately, they really don't care that much about a player getting tossed from a game and having to miss a half. They just don't care about that. They've made that abundantly clear, the rules committee and anybody and the way that the officiating crews are willing to interpret the rule. They've made that clear. We don't care if a senior gets kicked out of a game and misses a half of football. Don't care. I think they do care about potential litigation. That's what a lot of this stuff is about. That's what the rule is about. That's what the interpreting of the rule is about. When you really get down to it, 
is want to make sure that if this if somebody ever tries to in their eyes frivolous, frivolously you know bring a lawsuit because of some injury and say that well our butt is covered right wrong or indifferent that's how i feel about it because from a football standpoint i will say this i will say it i will say it it is so easy i will say it until i'm blue in the face If we are playing full-speed tackle football, you cannot throw people out of the game for tackling the guy with the ball. You can't do it. It's asinine. It's happened before a lot. It's one thing, defenseless receiver, making a play on the ball, about to catch it, has his back turned. Up arm like the guy for the Broncos and the Commanders yesterday. His arms are up to catch the ball. Ear hold. That's one thing. Blindside blocks. Kickoff. Peel back blocks. All these different things. But when you're a defender in the open field and here comes a ball carrier, you have one job. Tackle the ball carrier. If he doesn't tackle the ball carrier... His own coaches are taking him out of the game. You're going to kick him out of the game for so sure on hits on a guy carrying the ball. When in question, you want to call a 15-yard penalty? Call it. You cannot kick defenders out of a game for tackling a guy with the ball. To do so shows you don't care about anything except the money in your pocket. You're afraid somebody's going to sue you for it. See y'all tomorrow. See ya.